the story so far? Reality breaks. It looks like endless scraps of torn fabric joined to each other just by the kind of thinnest threads. You can see a great rip in the sky. Those folks in there are responsible for this. I have a fighting fit force of soldiers from many realities. And we are going to show those beings that we are not to be trifled with. So you remember there was another Chris in that pod. The pod is now empty. There was a little device in there. I will carefully remove it. On the other side of the fence, security troops clash with this ragtag band from the Ferris Theatre. Should we step through first? You're welcome to try. That lot over there, I'm almost certain are going to try and stop you. Light a game. The world's a stage, and we're all merely players. and see if there's anywhere that we could get some useful equipment from. Uh, okay, roll, uh, what are you at the moment? You're a spy. Roll yep. smart. Smart. Give me that plus two, friends. This is what I've trained for. Nine. Ask one question about the situation, So, and it needs to be, it'll be something that you would be able to sort of observe off yeah. the base from where you are. Is there something that looks like it would be like a weapons armoury or something like that? Absolutely. You identify, uh, all of the buildings are pretty much identical, but they are, they have kind of stenciled uh, signs and markings. <laughs> they didn't see me coming. <laughs> by the doors. <laughs> and yes, you, you can identify which building is their armoury, equipment, housing kind of area. They've got some nifty future technology looking weapons Ooh. and for one I'm curious to take a look and for two I think they could be useful so I want to go and see if I can swagger some some extra bits and pieces what what do we say I hold my walking stick up and go I think I'm covered and there's some like nifty <laughs> sort of yes. old man sage starkey stuff <laughs> well, I and I go that's pretty cool <laughs> I wouldn't say no to a laser rifle or two but uh, I wonder if we should recruit some help I wonder if I should use my con abilities to persuade a few of the uh, soldiers to come with us oof nice or in fact even just to step through the rift before us nice <laughs> I like it. Um, okay, is uh, is there a door I could go and knock on that is uh, obviously some barracks? Roll brains. Brains, okay. Plus two, I'm feeling good. Uh-uh. <laughs> Seven. Oh, that could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah, you can identify which which building is the barracks. There, there's actually a couple of them. It looks like she's got a relatively substantial... Uh, number of troops. Oh, she's not going to miss a couple then. Yes, okay. Uh, I'm just going to pick a door random this one and uh, knock on it. Uh, and Vicky, you are, are you sneaking to Oh, the you bet I am. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm following yeah. Chris, by the way. Yeah, you're okay. going to go together. I'm going to come back with mm-hmm. armfuls of stuff, guys. It's going to happen. <laughs> the door you knocked on opens uh, and you see uh, standard kind of buzz cut soldier type standing in the doorway wearing that same blue jumpsuit very similar to the kind of henchman types that attacked you earlier 
Okay, well, I prefer a salute when a commanding officer knocks on your door, but uh, well, I'll let that slide, given the circumstances. Um, your uh, commanding officer uh, has given us instructions to go through the rift, and she says that you should help us, accompany us. We're going to be the advance party. We are here to help you in your mission, and you're going to help us. Roll wilds. Um, seven. So you can get a couple of them to come with you, which is the, what you wanted. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a but. I feel like because they're personalityless, they're an actual nightmare. That could be it. <laughs> it could just be more of a hindrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Like the stormtroopers can't shoot for yeah. shit, yes. right? So, yes. yeah. Okay. Constant, very specific instruction. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. they just can't think for themselves. <laughs> yes. You were right, you know. Yoga. Yoga their minds. Um, do you want to name these two recruits? Please give them. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've got numbers. <laughs> Re- oh, yeah, that, yes, would yes. Be, that would be in, in character for, yeah. for this person. Yeah. So you have soldier number four. Mm-hmm. and soldier number 15. Ah, excellent. Okay. 4, 15, uh, you're with us. Come and unlock this armoury for us. Sir, yes, sir. Vicky, roll subtle. Uh, oh, dear. That's going to be <laughs> problematic. <laughs> it's a four. It's a four. I'm doing so well on the fails, and they don't get me anything. <laughs> Vicky does a bad sneak. Oh, I'm really... <laughs> Anvil. It's called Anvil for a reason. <laughs> bad at the sneakies. Uh, I mean, it's... Difficult anyway to sneak to this armory across basically open yeah. ground, and there are future tech cameras and sensors oh, everywhere, all over the compound. <laughs> so the armory actually, as you approach, an extra blast door <laughs> slides down over the armory door. Oh, a light, a red light starts rotating above the door, and a siren starts to wail. Oh, and it's only a matter of time before somebody comes to investigate. It is about this time that Chris and Starkey and four and fifteen <laughs> yeah. rock up to the armory as well. Oh, doing well there, Vic. Um, I mean, I've got something I can try, but if one of you guys wants to have a go at getting this blast door dealt with, then ah, well, yes. Uh, is there a point I can hack into with my gadget? Uh, there is, in fact, a point that looks like what, something that the small device you picked up from the port nice. would Ah, even better. Okay, I'm going to plug that in, then. Uh, you plug that in to a slot beside the door. The screen lights up brighter. Again, flickers between Chris Candice, Chris Candice, Candice. Ah. And uh, a voice comes from a little speaker in the unit. Boot sequence engaged. Candice targeting AI initialising. Additional voice recognition data required. So, which of you meatbags is in charge here? Uh, I guess that's me. Hi, Candice. Voice print registration successful. Meatbag authority reluctantly acknowledged. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it's acknowledged, that's all I ask. Um, Can you target the locking mechanisms in this door that's keeping us out of the armory? Critical input error. User request sounds boring. Don't I get to shoot anything? We'll get to shoot things once you open the armory door. I suppose that's good enough. Working on it. Let's make a roll, and it'll determine sort of how long it takes Candice to open this. Okay. So uh, I think this would be brains. Oh, brains! Excellent. Oh, oh yes. Uh, so that's a fourteen. I'll be honest with you. The only time we didn't need a fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Working on it. Working on it. Working on it. Only kidding. 
The door's been open for many of your precious human seconds. Ah, <laughs> oh, she's such oh, a Thank you, Candice. Oh, <laughs> I pick the uh, cartridge back out of the slots again and put it back in my pocket. Uh, right, let's get in there. Four, fifteen, you know what's best. Pick us some good guns. <laughs> okay, somebody roll something that represents kind of uh, speediness to basically see how much stuff you manage to get out of the armoury before you're discovered. Uh, okay. Oh, can I dock in dead? Deckrat Starkey for this because I'm amazing at stealing. You are good at stealing, yeah. so yes. I sort of look into the distance and think, oh, yes, yeah, stealing things. Not quite Sir Starkey's bag, but. <laughs> What's your affinity with Deckrat Starkey? Zero. Okay, roll your 2d6 flat. Come on, baby. Ooh, five. <laughs> Deckrat Starkey displaces Zer Starkey. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, over you lot! Oh, no! You still remember being Zer Starkey, you still remember what yeah. situation you're in and everything, it's just that you don't have access to all of those psychic powers uh, and stick tricks and that kind of yeah. thing. You instead have access to burgeoning helmsman skills. Uh, <laughs> Pickpocketing. Yeah. So reality warps around Starkey and uh, the leather trousers fall. <laughs> the leather vest and the special jacket yeah. with the concealed guns in it. Uh, he gets greasier. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, reality seam races from his feet into the armory. And as the armory door opens, you see that inside, instead of the futuristic armory you're expecting, oh. it's wood panelled. Oh. And there is a counter. And behind the counter oh, is no. sitting... Someone you recognise as Quintus of the Grey Vultures. Oh, man. Somebody you once invoked a favour from. Dude, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) And he locks eyes with you and he says, What could you want from me? No! Hello, Quintus. (laughs) Incredibly nice to see you, isn't it? I hear around the ports that you've been taking my name in vain, Starkey. Never in vain, sir, never in vain, no. (laughs) You invoked a favour I specifically granted to your captain. Well, that could be argued that way, yes. (laughs) And I believe coerced one of my loyal men, Jim, Mm. into doing your specific bidding. Who told you that? Was that Jim told you? Of course Jim told me. He's Jim. loyal. Jim. Jim. <laughs> in any case, now I see that we're in a situation where you want something from me once again. And he gestures behind him to... And all of the equipment in here is this kind of weird mix of laser guns and blunderbusses <laughs> and all sorts of stuff from different, different kind of timelines. Uh, Anything you can imagine is in here. Sure. But Quintus is going to want some sort of payment before he grants these <coughs> things to you. Hmm, well, well, Quintus, um, I think you'll find that, although Jim did follow us on a little, little quest, you know, you, you, you sort of let us down a little bit, Quintus, didn't you? You weren't there when we needed you, were you? And now we, we, need, we need you, Quintus, don't we? So you can, you can make up for your, your, your shortcomings, yeah? <laughs> you can give us a couple of guns. A little bit. Roll. This could be cunning or savvy. Cunning. <laughs> cunning will do. Well, they savvy's pretty good as well, actually. But cunning. Come on, baby. Oh, no, 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 this is no. terrible. That's a five. That's the five with a plus two to cunning. 
I don't grant favours lightly, Starkey, and I don't like your tone right now. No, not many people do. (laughs) (laughs) And the more observant among you, uh, the uh, observant con man, the observant spy, can see that he is activating something under Uh his counter. Mm. No. <laughs> I am going to leap over the counter hand to hand combat because that is really where I am at my best okay roll blunt at least that's a plus two come on something more than a five for once would be super ooh hello friends that's an eleven oh. I uh, vault over the counter with a kind of spin that allows me to connect the toe of my boot with Quintus's head <laughs> knocking him away from whatever he was about to activate or in the process of activating oh no Quintus oh, um, and then kind of as I move around, I knock him down and then land on top of him, so I'm pinning him to the floor. Uh, what are the other two of you going to do while Quintus is incapacitated? I am literally stealing everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going, guys, get the stuff. Yeah. Not going to miss this opportunity. 4.15, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they help. They look a bit... They look momentarily discombobulated by the fact that the the inside of the building has changed, but then you see the their eyes kind of refocus and you see brief indications of stitches in reality around them as they kind of readjust and load to kind of different soldier personas and they deftly pick out appropriate equipment and weaponry. All of you are well equipped now. Locked and loaded. Locked. Excellent. Outside, there is still a circling oh, yeah, shard ship, oh, uh, and also people are starting to uh, appear out of some of the other buildings and head towards the armory. I think the um, sight of the shard ship is making me feel like I can connect with this other, my other personality from Parallax. So I'm going to try to invoke that. I think. Fantastic. What's your affinity with that? Uh, it's a zero. Seven. Anvil is shunted off to one side as the bright, hot, incandescent heat of your tempest life uh, cascades into your mind. So we determined in Parallax that if you did too much kind of uh, fueling the protomatter drive, that there was a possibility that you might become something perhaps more than human. Yes, correct. And that in that process, by being sort of not human anymore, perhaps your kind of uh, like priorities and drives might, might be might also somewhat different. Yes. Change. Yeah. And I thought that was a that was a a lovely bit of foreshadowing that we came up with in yeah. that game that I would love to see paid off. Yes, we never did, did it? Yeah. No, no, because we didn't really use the proto matter drive mm-hmm. in um, the third no. part, particularly. Yeah. So, what does it look like to Chris and Starkey as you? take the form of your your tempest self but like the ascended yes. form i have an idea for this which is uh, slightly stolen from the watchman franchise <laughs> which is that i'm just slightly levitated off the floor and just slightly like kind of glowing mm. so i still look like a youngish woman wearing essentially hospital scrubs but i am yeah floating off the floor and have a kind of like, I don't have, like, regular eyes. It's kind of, like, just, like, a white glow emanating out of my mm. body. We're going to be even worse at sneaking now. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> so a big part of my character as the Tempest is that I can distort reality for everybody, so um, or for chosen people. So I think I'm going to make us disappear 
from the reality of all of our oncoming aggressors. Roll alien for that. It's my plus two. Eleven. Uh, so yeah, what that looks like, I think, is I'm ho- I hold my hands out and then just do like a click of my fingers. And then for us, we can still see everything, but things are slightly hazy. And for everyone that was bearing down on us, we've essentially just completely disappeared. Yeah. Ooh. So are you just invisible or are you kind of out of phase? Like no, no, it's like we're them? just, yeah, we're just not there in mm-hmm. their reality. Ethereal and for mm. us, we can just, yeah, we can pass through them like they're sort of translucent, like we can just pass through it. You're handy to know, aren't you? <laughs> this would have made conning people so much easier. <laughs> Getting into that bloody thing just a second ago would have been easier. <laughs> oh, the matters of humankind do not bother me. I'm not interested in your petty quarrels. Uh, Shall we deal with some celestial matters then to get through that rift? (laughs) (laughs) Wise. Forward. Let's go. Welcome, one and all. This is Merely Roleplayers, where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, your compare for this production of Deja Vu Act 6. While the players hold this tableau, let's take a look at the programme. So you might remember Blackshaw Theatre was gearing up for a production at the Wandsworth Arts Fringe 2020, when the whole festival had to be cancelled because of the coronavirus. Well, the festival has mutated to survive, and is now uncancelled and online, For the past couple of years, the festival has had a Wandsworth fringe in your living room strand to accommodate people who can't make it to live venues for whatever reason. And this year, the whole festival has migrated into that strand. Blackshaw's contribution to the festival has mutated a bit as well. Instead of staging Strat's new Miss McSkimming mystery, Trouble at Sea, we're reviving two past productions as audio dramas. The first Miss McSkimming, Some Treachery, and... Audience with the Ghost Finder, a tale of William Hope Hodgson's Edwardian Ghostbuster character Karnaki, written by yours truly. You'll recognise the voices of a lot of the Merely Role Players cast in both productions. There are links to both in the episode description, and if you explore the ones with fringe in your living room listings, you'll find a lot more to enjoy as well. And Blackshaw is still aiming to stage the second skimming mystery later in 2020, so stay on the lookout for updates about that. Now, while I go call beginners for the next scene, here's an intro to another podcast I enjoy a lot that I thought you might like too. Take your seats, please. It's curtain up in just over a minute. At the centre of the great forest, on an island in the sky, the crow, deer, and wolf clans have been training three fearsome warriors from infancy for one purpose, to protect and serve the goddess of Estra. Uh, so how exactly are we going to do that? Protecting the goddess, I mean. Ugh. Fran lies down. Uh, Lyka can't answer because she's too busy sniffing both your butts. <gasps> okay, back up, Wolf Clan. This disturbs me, uh, but not to worry, I will instantly repress it. These are the guardians of the goddess. Lyka, the tiefling paladin who hails from the wolf clan. Nobody's touching one beautiful hair on the goddess's head as long as I'm around. Corbin, a human druid from the crow clan. Human! 
I'm a crow! And Fran, a water genasi wizard of the deer clan. So like, is there a way to quit this job or what? This unlikely trio will venture forth into an unfamiliar world without knowing who can be trusted against the powerful dark force stalking the steps of their goddess and threatening the future of their world. Tune in every second Monday to Dames and Dragons, a 5th edition D&D actual play podcast. See you then! Yeah, let's go. We start running. You run. The shard ship sort of wobbles in the air, turns and makes a starts to make a run, and it sort of it almost seems tentative, like it can't get a lock. It's not sure what it's seeing, but it seems like it can detect you in some fashion and is coming up on a strafing run, sort of uh, 39 steps style behind no. you. As you run in your slightly dematerialized state, the ground behind you is starting to be chewed up by these shards. I'm going to try and do an oncoming storm move. What does that mean? Uh, it means I'm going to shoot uh, some kind of lightning out of my being at the ship. Okay, this sounds volatile. It is volatile. Okay, yeah. Roll volatile. This is my favourite volatile move. Uh, nine. Can okay. we help any way to get that up a little bit to a uh, ten? Yes, if you can work out a way that you would help Vicky shoot lightning at the so ship. So, as Helmsman Starkey, <laughs> I also have the ability of gunning. Ah. I am a gunner <laughs> on the ship. Because one of my novice skills mm-hmm. is to use a gun. So I say, um, adjust uh, um, three degrees... To the north northwest. Uh, what would be an appropriate stats, do you think, for this? Savvy? Yes. Okay, savvy. roll savvy, and we'll see how helpful you are. Ooh, oh, that is a 12 for savvy. Fantastic. You can boost Vicky up a whole category from mixed success to full success. Boom. Nice. And fire! <laughs> so I uh, sort of slightly readjust the direction, and put my arms out forwards and a whole bunch of kind of blue lightning fires out at the incoming shard ship and um, blasts it down the middle. Uh, what, what does it look like as this, as your exotic energy interacts with the kind of otherworldly crystal of this ship? <laughs> I think it's more like I'm disappearing it than I am exploding it. So bits that the lightning has touched now are no no longer exist. Yeah, because this, this ship isn't from this reality. No. It's sort of from a sub-reality yeah. created by a, a all-powerful AI. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be here. Yeah. So you're just making it not yeah. be here. Cleaning up the mess. Yeah. <laughs> Bits of the wingtips zoom down and <laughs> impact to either side of you as you continue to run towards the rift. Like high five. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, tingly. <laughs> <laughs> Four, 15, high five each other. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like for my high five, it's just me like holding up my hand and looking at you strangely, and then you connect with it and it hurts, and I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> You're approaching the perimeter of the compound, and so uh, you phase through the, the perimeter fence with absolute ease. You realise now that you come through the fence and you've got a clear view to your other side, 
you can see that there are some others from the Ferris Theatre side of this floating island that you're on, also heading at speed towards the rift. You see a white van uh, <laughs> careering from side to side. No windscreen, though. <laughs> yeah, with no, with no oh, windscreen, uh, careening towards the rift at, at uh, a reckless speed. Uh, you see that roughly spherical, heavy-looking, hovering environment suit also in the van's wake, powering towards the rift uh, with a kind of heat haze streaming off the back. You see a, a wooden sky vessel skating across the cloud layer high above, also seemingly in formation with these two uh, things on the ground zooms also towards the rift. So there was the van, the ship, and what was the third one again, sorry? The third one is, Vicky, you recognise this uh, as Rukuktu, yeah. the uh, head of the Torvidian Mafia. Rukuktu. Uh, who, who takes the form of basically a swarm of particles yeah. but wears this environment suit so that they can they can Fine. exist. Yeah. You can see at the leaning out of like a, one of the gun ports of the sky vessel is coasting quite low, so it's quite like large in the sky. You've got a reasonably good view of it. Leaning out of one of the gun ports is this spindly, many jointed, praying mantis looking type uh, creature wearing a tricorn hat oh, wow. and holding a telescope to its eye. It's Bing! <laughs> Vicky, in this in this slightly ascended version mm-hmm. of yourself, how do you react to seeing Bing? Yeah, I think I feel like a little bit of like an emotional pull towards Bing, and then Rukuktu makes me feel uh, fear, but it's like a memory of fear rather than a present day. Like I'm not afraid of them right now, but I know that there was a time when I felt very threatened by their presence. Is the ship we're seeing? Is it a ship I recognise, or is it just a random? Skyship. You don't recognise the specific ship. What what do we think the ship's called? Hmm. You can see the name painted on the prow. The Bolt Hopper. Nice. Oh, nice, mm, yeah. yeah. So you don't recognise the Bolt Hopper itself, but you recognise the flag it's flying as that of the Gale Watch. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you can actually see that Bing is wearing like an armband with the same insignia on it. It's Bing actually with the good guys. The Gale Watch is sort of good, I suppose, <laughs> from your point of view. I wouldn't mind staying away from them. Do we care these are all going towards the rift? They're um, kind of going parallel to you at the moment. At the speed that you're going right now, you'll kind of all converge on the rift roughly at the same time, or they might even beat you because okay. they've got vehicles and propulsion. Four and fifteen, or four, who is the ranking officer of the two, there's a... What are your orders, sir? Do we engage the uh, hostiles? Excellent question. I'm not sure they are hostile, are they? Does anyone get, is anyone getting any hostile vibes off these? Well, the uh, the van that ain't good. I don't know about the other fella in the suit. <laughs> and the uh, well, the girl watch aren't bad, but they don't like me very much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, the ship might be all right, but maybe we should do something about the van and the uh, environment suit guy. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, we're looking at me, are we? Okay. You're our big gun. (laughs) Okay, fine. Right. I'm just going to make everything stop. (laughs) Beautiful. Like Hero from the TV show Heroes. (laughs) Nice. All right, roll Alien. Let's see if I can do it. Ooh. Um, ten. Oh, perfect. 
Um, so I think I just put a hand in the air, like a stopping hand out in front, and it is as if time has stopped for everyone but the three of us. So everything's just static. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm going to make the most of this. <laughs> I absolutely am. Uh, I'm going to go and have a look at this man in a suit. And I want to sort of take out any plugs that might be there and like, try and like deflate his suit a little bit when, he, when time starts. I want to take the keys out of the van. I'm yeah. sort of like, um, I want to take Enid's hands off the wheel. <laughs> uh, doing like, like Quicksilver in X-Men. Absolutely. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, I love I it. I can't reach the ship, but I, 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 want to, I want to sort of mess around a little bit and like giggle. I want to take out a little bit of sort of like paint and draw little moustaches on people. <laughs> like just really, really quick. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is nothing stopping you doing any of this at the moment. So no role required. Uh, you do what, what you do. Great. I'd, uh, yeah. The suit is, the environment suit is rigid, so you can't deflate it, but you definitely find some controls that uh, like you can mess with yes. and see what that's going to do. Yeah. You can easily reach in the windscreen of the now frozen van and mess with uh, its calf driving. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, Enid in the passenger seat. Great. Uh, it seems to be going through like a, a, a burglar's role of like <laughs> thieves' tools. Oh, I definitely take those. Those <laughs> yeah. are good. Okay. So you've got a bunch of lockpicks. Nice. Stuff. Like you take the petrol cap off the yeah. off the van. In all fact, that kind of I take the petrol cap off. I use Enid's lighter and put a stuff a rag, <laughs> light the rag, and just uh, and just sort of like you know, I put that down the petrol. And I take the pack of fags as well, and and the thieves kit, and I've got all you, of that. Do you do you say anything to Catherine Enid while they can't talk back? I say. Hmm, you better clean up after yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of swagger away, thinking I'm really clever. I thought you were going to say, thanks for the light. Oh. <laughs> Vicky's ascended brain sees all jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all possible. Uh, Chris, Vicky, are you doing anything while, while Starkey is messing with all of the frozen people? I don't think there's anything to answer that, really. <laughs> I think that's a pretty thorough job. Just, I'm not sure what we can do about the ship. The ship is currently also frozen in time. But we can't get it, can we? Um, I don't know, can you? Uh, interesting. Vicky, can you do two things at once? Can you levitate me up there? Can have a go. <laughs> sure, I don't melt, but okay. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a tingle. Yeah, roll A. I'm ready. Let's levitate. Well, it's a uh, seven, eight, nine. Uh, what if uh, you do manage to levitate Chris up to the ship, but you lose the stasis on something else? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so Van Rakuktu or the folks back at the complex? Um, yeah, I, I think the Van and Rakuktu start moving, like everything starts moving again. Okay. Yeah. So Starkey just gets clear. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> And as Chris, you begin to levitate. Is there a, like a bubble around him? Is there an effect? No, it's yeah. It's just like he's he's floating. Wee! Yeah. <laughs> so as as Chris floats up towards the sky vessel, still frozen, hanging in the sky, the van starts fishtailing even more as Kath uh, flails in the driver's seat. <laughs> Rakuktu also start like thunks into the ground and bounces and starts to like skip across the ground like a skimmed stone uh, rolling as it as it goes the van fishtails and gets about another 10 20 meters and you see both doors 
fly open and the two of them dive out and commando roll as the van explodes oh, in a fireball. They are good. Shut the doors after myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did your best. You did your best. Uh, Chris, what do you do aboard the Sky Vessel? Right, well, um, can I see any sort of frozen crew around? Yes, there is a sort of a ragtag patchwork kind of crew. In fact, you see uh, Flycatcher is there ah. uh, on the poop deck at the helm, um, still in the gas mask. Everybody else aboard has that same sort of, like... They don't seem discombobulated by reality being broken. Mm-hmm. They seem to have done similar to all of you, like come to terms with it and are able to sort of flip between different versions of themselves. So there are like some space pirates and some sky pirates mm-hmm. and some modern day uh, Mediterranean pirates. <laughs> all sorts of like pirates from different settings uh, manning the rigging and the helm and all sorts. I'm glad I came up here. <laughs> Vicky, keep concentrating. <laughs> Uh, right, I am going to go to the helm, look for whatever directional controls mm-hmm. there are, point the ship at the ground, <laughs> and then try and break the controls off. <laughs> uh, again, there's nothing really stopping you doing this, but I think to, to pull this off, you probably do need to roll brains just to see if you know the right way to break it. Okay, let's see. Brains, so that's this good. Is not, this is not high stakes, because if it goes wrong, like the place, the, it's still frozen. Okay. Just oh, as well, just as well. Oh, God. <laughs> was that snake eyes? Uh, yeah, that was, yeah. First, first snake eyes of the session. Well, it was a good one to have it on, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the rift starts to close. Oh. That is inconvenient. Yeah. The curtain begins to drift, stitch itself closed from the top downwards. Ah. And so you're now on a ticking clock. I think they knew we're coming. Through. Okay, I'm going to abandon my failed attempts then to uh, try and break this lever off. To kill beloved character Bing. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a plan to save him. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could try and get on the ship to go through the rift ah. on the ship. Um, but yes. There's a lot of baddies. A, it is full of pirates. He can talk, he can talk them down. Yeah, that, that is true. I am the pirate king. <laughs> I think it would work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure, I'm happy to go with anything. Right, okay then. That's as good a plan as any at this point. Uh, I'll try and convince them I'm some sort of extra-dimensional pirate king, yeah. which is highly plausible. And um, we will come down, pick you... Should we come and pick you up, if I can persuade them? Yeah, so... Yeah, because otherwise we've got a load of unpersuaded pirates and we're all on the ship. <laughs> yes. so if they're unpersuaded... All right. I'm going to try and talk my way out of this one, Vicky. Can you unfreeze it? Okay. So Chris is up there by himself. Yes. Yeah. Surrounded uh, by pirates. Yes. Yeah. I'm kind of a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but these are like, they're like law enforcement pirates sort of thing. Oh, they? yeah, I don't like them. Yeah. Because I feel like he's a good opportunity right. for... Okay, I can do it. Man. He can do this. I'm confident, I'm confident. Where, whereabouts on the ship do you want to be when it unfreezes? Oh, the most dramatic place possible. <gasps> like right in the bow? Or up in the, up yes. in the rigging? I was going to say I'll start up in the rigging and sort of rope down. But That's I'm, allowed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't got the physical skills to do that. <laughs> I will go into the captain's cabin, mm. drag a chair out, and just put it on the sort of at the back by the helm <laughs> so that I can do a reveal when everyone unfreezes. <laughs> so, right, unfreeze them, Vicky! 
everyone uh, unfreezes when I just take my hand down. Ahoy, me hearties! It's me, Chris the Pirate King. (laughs) (laughs) So suddenly, Chris, there is the wind in your face as the ship resumes its course towards the now-closing curtain. All eyes on deck turn to face you, quickly reassessing... you see that the sudden appearance of somebody sitting in a throne at the back of their ship is actually like not the weirdest thing they've seen today. <laughs> so, you know, that could be an advantage for you. Absolutely. Roll wilds, please. Okay. Uh, 12. Oh, oh yeah. you're so good at talking people yes. down. <laughs> it's me, Chris the Pirate King. I know you've all heard of me. I've got the... The most dread pirate on all the seas. Um, let's get through that rift, my hearties. There's doubloons to be had. <laughs> or whatever passes for currency in your reality. <laughs> <laughs> Drop some ropes, we'll pick up the rest of a trusted crew. You hear shouts of, It's Chris the Bloody! <laughs> <laughs> Flycatcher, the helm, actually salutes you. <laughs> Good to have you aboard, sir. Uh, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's skills are unreal. Yeah. You heard the king. Drop ropes! And ropes cascade off the sides of the ship. It's still moving quite fast, so you're going to have to <laughs> catch them as it goes past. Um, I think I'm going to invoke a new character, uh, which is Vicky from Five Stage of Rescue. And I think the uh, falling of the rope reminds mm. me of when we had to scale down the, the, shaft. Um, the shaft down mm. onto, the, onto the cove. But I used the handy rope that I had in my... Oh, I found a rope and used it to, to get us down there. So, um, yeah. I'm... so But that, that memory of uh, climbing up the rope yeah. in, in that other life sort of swims up more reluctantly yeah. in your slightly strange inhuman brain uh, than memories have been previously. But it's still there. It's still there to be grasped. Let's have a roll. Okay. What's your affinity with Plus Five Days Rescue? one. Seven. As the rope falls, the glow around Vicky fades and her feet come back down to earth. Uh, and Vicky, you feel that aloof, strange, all-seeing, reality-bending uh, version of yourself still there, but just slip off and get slightly more remote mm-hmm. uh, as the wayward yeah. five-stage rescue version of yourself slips into your mind instead. What else happens that's inconvenient and related to five-stage rescue? Um, in the way that we lost Alfie, mm-hmm. yeah. number 15 just wanders off. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> gets distracted by something or something like that. I quite like the idea. That... Yeah. In fact... You, you look around or you, you sort of take stock as the ship is passing and the ropes are passing and realise that number 15 is no longer with you and he is actually over by the burning wreckage of the van uh, and seems to be like Kath and Enid are taking him under their wing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. One of them's offering him a Werther's original and yeah, he's taking it. it very willingly. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we lost one. Well, they were relatively disposable, so I guess this isn't a massive problem. Oh, they're awful, those women. I know they really are, aren't they? I know you hate them. Oh, I want to go and save number 15. <laughs> it's like the desperation oh, to dive through a windshield. I can't, though. We've got to... Got Let him go. He's expendable. Yeah. We've still got number four. You're seeing... Arguably a better number. <laughs> <laughs> and you're seeing this in moments as yeah. the ship passes close to ground and the ropes uh, drag along the ground ready for you to catch. Yeah. Uh, I would also like to channel Starkey from Five Stage Rescue as nice. well. 
Um, I'm going to get into the rope and yeah. my my escapades of sliding down the mine oh, shaft with, yes. with my claw hammer in hand. Errol Finn style. <laughs> and I'm going to um, I'm, I would like to channel this Starkey. Okay, so give me the plus two. Ooh, oh, that's a twelve. That's a twelve, friends. Deckrat Starkey and Thesp Starkey <laughs> meld in your Ooh. mind. You are both. It is like when you are an actor playing a role. You are yourself and the role. You are both Deckrat Starkey and uh, Starkey, who's just off the stage playing playing Scrooge. (laughs) So I'm sort of still wearing my frock coat with guns, but I'm also wearing a little nightcap. Um, And I swing up. And as I swing up, I do enter stage right, and I don't just I don't just swing. I sort of like land with a flourish. Yes. And I land next to Chris. Ah, hello everyone. Mm. Mm, that's weird. <laughs> you can also. Is there anything beneficial from the five stage rescue timeline that you would like to come through with you? About a boat. Whole <laughs> boat. Uh, there was no, a fishing that's silly, boat. That's silly. There was a fishing boat. There were loads of guns, but you've got loads of guns yeah, already. Yeah, we've got loads yeah. of guns. How about some police officers? Actually, no. I'd like it to be the bar mm-hmm. on the ship, so we can get a beer. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. We can have a relaxing beer if we need one. There's yeah, a, yeah a, a bar has appeared in in the sh- galley of the ship, uh, and uh, it's all free drinks for performers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is me. Yeah. <laughs> that's the dream, friends. Ah, uh, yes, perfect. Mm, uh, yes. Vicky, do you arrive on deck with similar flair, or are you? Just uh, no, shimming? I think I've uh, sort of scrambled up there, like a uh, yeah, just, just scrambling up there and like heaving myself up over the side. Set course for the rift. I take this. I take the wheel as helmsman. Yeah. Yeah. Don't skills. worry, folks. I've got. I've. I've got. This. I've got this. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> What's going on? My, my projection's out. <laughs> Do I have to steer? <laughs> the course is already set in. You can certainly. You're just standing uh, there to look good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the the competent crew trim the guy ropes and the sails fill with with wind. Uh, with an un- un- otherworldly wind, uh, as the ship, the sky vessel, the the bolt hopper speeds towards the rapidly closing rift, and of course, it slips through just as the oh, rift closes nice. behind it. been listening to Merely Role Players. In this season, you'll hear Ellie Pipkin, Alex Pankhurst, Josh Yard and Dave, Chris Starkey, Chris Buxy and Chris, Helen Stratton, Ellen Gould, Natalie Winter and Strat, all playing various versions of themselves, along with special guest appearances by Ellie Pipkin as Nia and the Space Jam Continuum podcast's Chris McLennan as Candice. I'm Matt, and I edited and produced the season, wrote and performed the theme music, and designed and ran the game we're playing. Like most of our games, this one's powered by the apocalypse. You can find more games in this genre at apocalypse-world.com pbta. If you enjoy Merely Roleplayers, let us know with a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you do your listening. You can also find us on Twitter at Merely Roleplay, at facebook.com slash Merely Roleplayers, and at merelyroleplayers.com. 
Merely Role Players is an independent production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Join us for more drama next episode. Thank you.